Pastor Xavier Reese and the sovereignty of God here on Simple Truths. Some of the things that happen to our life, we're like, why right now? Lord, what's going on? He's in control. If you're walking in obedience, you can commend yourself to God. Now, if you bring those things on yourself, that's a different matter, you understand? But if God brings them upon you, allows them, He's in control. It's for your good. It's for His glory. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. God's in control. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Why do bad things happen to good people? Now, while we're not able to satisfactorily answer that question for everyone, Christians can take confidence in knowing that their Heavenly Father will not abandon them. Today, as Pastor Xavier continues his study on the life of Joseph, he reminds us of the simple truth that no matter what, God is in control. Let's listen. Genesis chapter 37, and the message entitled, From Favorite Son to Slave. What we have here is a tragic sign of Joseph as a slave by his brothers. A tragic event, but a real event. And we really get a glimpse at the evil of man's heart once again. This is the patriarchal family through God's going to be using and working through. It's amazing. Notice the favoritism of Jacob regarding Joseph comes first. Verse 2 down to 11. Now, the strained relationship of Joseph with his brothers is given to us here in verse 2 through 4. It involves Joseph revealing to his father some misconduct regarding their brother. We're not told what. But the phrase, a bad report, means a displeasing, an unfavorable whispering. The original problem with the various children and different wives was not getting any better. The man Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. In verse 3 it tells us, the reason was due to the fact that he was the son of his old age. That's why he favored him. Rachel was his favorite wife, as we've seen. The way Israel distinguished Joseph, notice from the others, was he made him a tunic of many colors. This distinguished Joseph from all the others as the favorite son. The coat extended down to his hands and down to his feet. In other words, he did not have to work. The rest did. They hated him, revealing what was in their heart towards Joseph. Three times it says they hated him. Verse 4, verse 5, verse 8. You think they hated him? <laughs> With a passion. Look at verse 5 through 8. We have the spiritual relationship of Joseph with God now. God has, was beginning to prepare Joseph to accomplish his will in the future. He's young, though. The means is through training him through dreams. In verse 5, he had a dream while he's sleeping. That's what a dream is, a vision while you're awake. And Joseph told the dream to his brothers, and, and they, they hated him even more. I mean, what did he expect? Joseph told them they were all binding sheaves in the field. And all of a sudden, his sheaves rose, and then their sheaves stood around him, and they bowed to his. Um, his brothers expressed their despisement of such a thought, saying to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Literally, reigning, will you reign? You're going to reign with authority over us? In verse 9, he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers. 
Joseph said to him, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. The symbol is indicative of his father, his mother, and the 11 brothers, the 11 tribes under him. His brothers envied him, it says, indicating a passionate envy. But his father kept the matter in his mind, having suspicions that God was perhaps behind these dreams. Notice, secondly, in verse 12 through 28, you have the persecution by the sons of Jacob regarding Joseph. Israel seems completely oblivious, though, to the hatred of his sons towards Joseph. Are not your brothers feeding the flocks at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He's sending him into the lion's den. And so in verse 15 through 17, Joseph arrived, and he couldn't find his brothers, nor the flocks. And Joseph was wandering around there, and the man asked him, what are you looking for? What are you seeking? And Joseph responded, I'm seeking my brethren. Please tell me where they're feeding the flocks. And the man told Joseph, they have departed from here, for I heard them saying, let us go to Dothan. And so Joseph went after his brothers and found them. And Dothan, verse 17 says, and Dothan means two or twin wells, which is interesting because that's what they're going to put him in. <laughs> the situation resulted in a plot to kill Joseph, verse 18 through 22 tells us. The brothers expressed their plan to murder as they saw Joseph in the distance. They hate this guy. And they see something out there way far away. It looks like a dot. It's again closer. It looks like a man. And they're squinting. They go, oh, no. It's Joseph. They were of one mind. Notice. Then they said to one another. They were sarcastic. Look, this dreamer is coming. Literally, this Lord of dreams. <laughs> they hated Joseph with a passion. Listen, come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. So they hate their brother. They're contriving what to do with him. And they're saying, but we got to face dad. What are we going to tell him? They're trying to work it out before he reaches them. The brothers were opposed by one brother, though, verse 21. The firstborn. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. He, being the firstborn, was responsible for Joseph. Joseph was the second to the youngest, Benjamin being the youngest. Both, by the way, being the sons of his favorite wife. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood, but cast him into the pit. He doesn't agree with them, but he's got something up his sleeve. Don't lay hands on him. It sounds like Reuben's a nice guy, but he's got an ulterior motive. You remember Reuben, it says here that he might deliver him out of the hand and bring him back to his father. But what's the motive? What's the agenda? Remember, Reuben had slept with Bilhah. He had already disqualified himself from this inheritance. He's fallen out of favor with his dad. And he's thinking, how can I get back in favor? Oh, yes, perfect opportunity. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic. And I'm sure they're smacking him around and everything else. 
Joseph's distinctive mark of favoritism was stripped from him, the tunic of many colors. The first thing they want to communicate to him is, you're not our favorite brother. You may be the favorite son, and we're going to take exactly what that is really significant of, your coat. They treated Joseph like an enemy. Look at verse 24. Joseph must have been so afraid as they threw him into the cistern. Their hatred was so strong and their guilt was non-existing. They sat down to eat a meal. <laughs> now, we, we've heard of people breaking into homes and killing an entire family and then putting on the TV and eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something. That's the heartless society that we live in today. This was a condition of these guys. Who were these guys? These guys were the patriarchs. They were acting like Judas who ate with the Lord and then betrayed him. Their heart was calloused. Look at verse 25. They lifted up their eyes, they looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, their camels bearing spices, balm, myrrh, on their way to carry down to Egypt. So it's just like nothing, you know? He's in the pit, he's screaming, he's freaking out, and they're just laughing, eating everything else, and then one says, hey, look it, there's a caravan. Oh, wow. Like every other day. The Ishmaelites were the descendants of Ishmael, type of the flesh, the son by the flesh, never acknowledged by God regarding Abraham. I think it's very fitting here because they're walking in the flesh and they're going to sell him to the type of the flesh. Bondage. Verse 26 and 27, they were convinced by one other brother not to kill Joseph. Judah steps up the plate. He reasons with them. So Judah said to his brother, what profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? So Judah suggests an alternate plan in view of the blood relationship. Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let us not our hands be upon him for he is our brother and our flesh. Now, we don't know the motive. We don't know if he just wanted to make money off of him. Let's not waste him. Let's sell him, make some money. Or whether he did it out of love. We don't know. But the next chapter, we get a little glimpse and we focus on Judah and how he deals with this issue that he's done right here and how his heart turns nasty and yet when we see him in Egypt, he has a transformation. So it's very important to follow the line of these sons and what takes place in their hearts in view of what they have done. Judah prevailed. His brothers listened. In a way that we do not understand, God intervened to bring about the prophecy of Joseph's dream. Now be careful that you don't say, well, God intended this evil. No, he didn't move the brethren to move this way. God knows the end from the beginning so he can tell the end from the beginning before it happens so when it happens, you know he's God. But don't ever blame God for the evil of men. That's a personal choice that takes place in your life and my life, okay? Now God will use everything for his glory but he's not the author of evil. We don't need any help with evil. Trust me, okay? So they sold Joseph as a slave. They remove Joseph from the cistern. He's probably crying out. And I was like, oh, thank God. I knew they changed their mind. And they're pulling him up only for things to go from bad to worse. The Midianite traders passed by, so the brethren pulled Joseph up, lifted him up out of the pit. They were members of the tribal group of the Ishmaelites. 
The author uses both terms, Ishmaelites and Midianites, interchangeably. They sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. The one who did not have to work would work for the rest of his life. His brothers are just rejoicing right now. Payback. Hmm. One thing that we must note about vengeance. Vengeance only lasts for a little while, satisfaction. Then you need to do more. We have to be careful. They watched Joseph be taken away. They took Joseph to Egypt. Getting ahead of the story, when they come to Joseph in Egypt and they don't know that he's the one ruling, in chapter 42, 21, listen to what they say. Then they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. Because you know Joseph was treating them kind of rough there to find out where their hearts were regarding Benjamin, the other favorite son. But that guilt had been with them all those years. Listen. If you live by guilt, you will be a miserable person. That's why we must confess our sin to the Lord. It'll kill you. It'll destroy you. It'll take your peace. Make your heart hard. 50 verse 20, again getting ahead of the story. As his father had died, now his brothers thought that he was going to take vengeance on them. And he says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. God's in control. Some of the things that happened to our life, well, why right now? Lord, what's going on? He's in control. If you're walking in obedience, you can commend yourself to God. Now, if you bring those things on yourself, that's a different matter. You understand? But if God brings them upon you, allows them, he's in control. It's for your good. It's for his glory. The persecution by the sons of Jacob regarding Joseph was evil. It just was. The third and last thing, we have the deception of Jacob by his sons regarding Joseph. This is very important. It's short, but it's important. The deceptive plan was embraced by all brothers, first of all. Look at verse 29 through 31. In 29, Reuben was outsmarted, by the way. <laughs> Reuben came to take Joseph back to his father. Reuben returned to the pit. Indeed, Joseph was not in the pit. And so Reuben expressed his grief, and he tore his clothes in lamentation. And Reuben then was freaking out. He was panicking. Verse 30. He went to his brothers and returned to his brother and said, The lad is no more. Reuben revealed his hidden agenda right before his brothers here. And I, where shall I go? He busted himself. Notice in verse 31, Reuben and the other brothers conspired then together to deceive their father. It's done. They can't go back. That's a terrible feeling and knowledge. That what you've done, you can't undo. They made it appear like Joseph was killed killed a kid of the goats, dipped his tunic in the blood. 
The devastating news given to Israel crushed him in verse 32 through 36. In 32, the brethren presented the coat of Joseph to Israel. And listen here. The hardness of their heart was one. Then they sent the tunic many colors, and they brought it to their father, and their hearts were evil. Listen. And they said, we have found this thing. (laughs) We have found this thing. It's a coat of many colors. Do you know where, whether it is your son's tunic or not? They're not crying. They're not freaked out. They're just cold. The brothers persisted in their deception despite the agony of their father. In verse 33, he identifies the coat and he recognized and said, it is my son's tunic. Jacob himself, remember, had impersonated his brother Esau by the counsel of his mother by putting on his clothes and putting goatskins on his arms to deceive his father, Isaac. Now he's being deceived by his sons. Sowing, reaping, goes around, comes around. Your sin finds you out. He accepted the report of an animal having killed Joseph. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn in pieces. Jacob tore his clothes, sign of mourning, sackcloth on his waist, inflicting himself, and mourned for his son many days. He who deceived his father for the birthright is now deceived by his sons regarding the son of the birthright. Interesting. The brothers and sisters then attempted to console Jacob in verse 35, and he rejected their comfort. He expressed his lamentation and sorrow, for I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. He is bummed. I can't even imagine. The word grave is sheol. It's the place of departed spirit of both the good and the evil of the Old Testament without distinction. It isn't until Luke 16 in the New Testament where Jesus makes a distinction between the place of suffering and the place of comfort. He mourned. Thus his father wept for him. And the word wept means to weep bitterly and to wail. It would be 22 years that Jacob would live deceived, believing that Joseph was dead before he saw him again. And so the brethren, in verse 36, had no idea that God was in control. Joseph was uh, resold. It tells us now, now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar. God is at work. Joseph was placed in position, an officer of Potiphar, a captain of the guard, literally the captain of the slaughters. He was the chief captain of the executioners where the king's prisoners were bound. God is moving Joseph into position. Remember, David ordered the death of Uriah. And then deceptively presented himself as the benevolent king to marry this widow who was with a child. But God exposed him through Nathan. His sin found him out. Secrets, deceptions, have truths. Be careful of them as a Christian. God is fully aware. And it can cause much pain and much destruction in your relationships. 
the pressure to go along with deception or any other thing is great upon people at times. But we must always resist and not cave in. Other times we do it because of the benefit we're going to receive or the protection. But then we live with regret. And we have to seek to rationalize and justify and explain it to us until we convince ourselves. Proverbs says this, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice. He preserves the way of the saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil. From the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the path of righteousness, the walk the way of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil, and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths. You stay close to God. You had his word in your heart. You put on his mind. There will be many things in our lives that we will only get through them if we trust God. The news of an unfaithful mate. The tragedy of a fatal death. The rebelliousness of a child. The falling out with a close friend. And you can add to the list. This is life. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13 says. All things that God puts me through and he allows to come as I walk with him. Whatever God allows to come into my life or yours will ultimately work out for the eternal purposes and glory of God. I must always keep that in mind. That I may cry out even as Paul does to the Romans after he deals with the whole aspect of salvation, the first Adam, the last Adam, and just his incredible grace. And when he gets to chapter 11, verse 33 through 36 of Romans, he says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? And who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him? And it shall be repaid him. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. How wise God is in every way. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things that are seen, for the things that are seen are temporal, the things that are not seen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. I have to keep my eyes on the Lord, upon heaven, upon eternal things. Everything will vanish. The deception of Jacob by his sons regarding Joseph was heartbreaking. But he had to look to God. He doesn't. He lives miserably for 22 years. What a picture of so many Christians as things have come upon their life and they don't, and they go to church. They get in the Word, but they're not trusting dependent upon God. They're trying to do it through their flesh. The treacherous selling of Joseph as a slave by his brothers has been characterized here by the favoritism of Jacob regarding Joseph. 
that didn't help the relationship with his brothers. The persecution by the sons of Jacob regarding Joseph was evil. And the deception of Jacob by his sons regarding Joseph was heartbreaking. But God's still at work. The story's not over. You may be going through a bad chapter like this in your life. It's not the last chapter. So look to the Lord. Keep your eyes on Him. Continue to walk. Pastor Xavier Reese with words of hope for those going through tough times. A copy of this Bible study is available. Now just ask for the message, From Favorite Son to Slave, or simply refer to today's date. It's available on CD for only $4, and this will also include what was shared from the last time we were together. So once again, the title to ask for is, From Favorite Son to Slave, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it helps us when you tell us the call letters of this station when you get in touch. We want to be good stewards of this ministry's resources. Does God honor those who honor Him? Learn more when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 